This is the Game Managers on WJLX 101.5, America's one and only sports talk show. Breaking down college football's biggest games, latest news, and greatest moments. Are you ready? Because it starts right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast. I am your host, Nick Norris, and with me, as always, is my great friend and recent birthday boy, Justin Knight. Oh, man, good morning. How's it going? Oh, I'm, I'm just doing swell on this lovely morning. I, I, I'm wearing pants. Oh, well, that's good. It's always a good start. Socks, that's about it. So I'm just, I'm just <laughs> in my house. I just woke up. I got this episode together, mm. Justin. On the fly, threw it all together. It's a news-heavy week. I don't know if you know that. A lot of stuff happened this week. Um, it didn't feel like it as it was happening, but it did. We had a lot of sports Yeah, you know, news. actually, I've just I've just been living under my rock, so I really don't know. You're going to have to kind of inform me on what's going on here. Oh, you have your own rock now. Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> that's great. I, do. I was using somebody else's rock, and now I finally got my own. Oh, that's lovely. I'll have to come visit sometime. Justin. You should, yeah. Enough about your stupid rock. Let's get into the week, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, we do have to start out with some sad news. Uh, former Auburn and Chargers running back, Lionel Little Train James, he died on Friday. He was uh, only 59 years old, very young, and had been dealing with a lengthy illness. Um, he played at Auburn uh, from 1980 to 83 in 44 games for the Tigers, totaling over 2,000 rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, and then had a nice little career in the NFL. So, uh, mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah, that's that's very young. Yeah, it is sad. You know, yeah, especially nowadays. You know, at the that at that age, it's it's really sad. And yeah, I, I didn't know this, but I read that um, he actually had the record at one point for most all-purpose yards by a running back in the NFL, um, which was pretty neat. I didn't know that. Wow, so, yeah, it's um, very impressive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he was, him and Bo together, and it was a pretty good combo. So, yeah, you hate to hear that. And, you know, just keep keep his family in their prayers. Um, in other Auburn news, to kind of transition to something less, uh, less you know, terrible, but it's never a good way to transition, is there? Uh, the Auburn Tigers have officially named their new wide receivers coach, uh, Ike Hilliard, who played for the Gators and New York Giants, uh, he will now be over the young wide receiver core. And he coached the NFL level since 2011 and was last with the Steelers yep. for the 2020 and 2021 seasons. So uh, Auburn's still making some hires, and uh, this sounds like a pretty good one. Yeah, I think it's a uh, best one. Um, exp- I mean, this guy's you know been at the top level for a while now. And, um, you know, wide receiver. Uh, the, the wide receiver coach at the Steelers, they, uh, one of their guys just had a pretty solid season. So um, I think it's a really great hire, and especially with how weak the wide receivers were um, last year. So I think um, yeah, he could probably be uh, do a pretty good job of developing the guys we got and you know recruiting some guys to come in. So I like it. I think it's a uh, you know, great job by Harson by getting a top-notch guy. This Auburn team is going to be one of the most – interesting topics going into you know the offseason just what can we expect realistically from them you know how much are they going to improve because I'm not I'm, honestly I'm not going to judge this year off wins and losses I don't think it's going to be more off improvement what I see 
obviously you want those wins. <laughs> you don't want the losses. But, um, I mean, as much turmoil as they've had and as much turnover and assistant coaches, just to see some improvement would probably be a, uh, a big step. Well, look, if Arson gets seven wins or less, I mean, obviously he's going to be gone. So if I'm him, I'm playing every single game like I have nothing to lose. Who cares? I mean, I'm going to be aggressive. Let's see what happens. I really have nothing to lose. They, they don't want me here in the first place. So I might as well try to do everything I can to win every single game. So that's the way. If I was him, I, that's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, probably, uh, probably is what he's gonna do. He seems like he'd be a, he'd be kind of a not a gambling man, but somebody to be willing to yeah. risk, put some, yeah, yeah. make some risks. So uh, I'll be interested to see that. Just don't want him calling offense like we uh, saw a little bit of this past year. <laughs> Won't be any. No, yeah, he just needs to stick. Just be a head coach. Yeah, be the CEO. That's all you need to do. All you need to do. Yeah. Justin, the USFL draft was held Tuesday and Wednesday. Did you even know about this? Because <laughs> most people didn't. <laughs> it actually it, it popped up feed and I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. I did not know about this. But I saw um, a former Ole Miss quarterback was drafted uh, second. Then Shea Patterson was picked first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sucks. I mean, it's good for Shea From Patterson. Michigan. But it sucks yeah. for that league that that's the, uh, that's the best we're going to get. That's the best you can do. Mm. I am burnt out on spring football, minor league football. I've, I've had a, I'm chuck full of it. I've had enough. We saw the XFL. We saw what was it, the AAF or something. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I want a longer break. Yeah, and even, even when we had the other leagues, like um, the XFL was fine, but I mean, I, it just hasn't like impressed me any in any way. Because yeah, I mean, football. You really get into it. I mean, you have April when you have a day for college, and then you know you really get it into it um, once August starts because you know the season's getting close. And then I mean, it's August for November, January, and then February for NFL. I don't really want any more. I like the um, kind of off period, and then the anticipation of oh, can't wait until that first Saturday with football back. I'm excited. Um, I I just don't want. I want to focus on basketball. And then hopefully some baseball, because yeah, you have enough. You get enough of football. You don't want any more. I don't really want any more of it. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I, I you know, when they first did the XFL, I was kind of interested in it. I watched a, a bit of it. I thought this is fine. <laughs> and then when the AF came around, I watched less of it or whichever order. Yeah, it the came AF in. sucked. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just like, I feel like this is going to be more in line with the AAF maybe even to a smaller scale, like even less of that. Because they didn't even have their draft televised, nor did they even stream it. It was just they just released mm. it on Twitter posts. They were just like, We drafted this person. Great. Most that of sucks. them didn't even have pictures. It was just a picture of a, a, a generic helmet. It's like what is this? Well see what what happened with the AF, the reason they went bankrupt and didn't even complete a season is because they uh, they didn't change anything. It was the same I'm pretty sure it was the same exact rules as the NFL. It was just like, oh, well, we're just a minor league um, system. I'm like, well, you're not really interesting. I don't think I want to watch the same thing, but sucky players try to play some football in March and April. I mean, you got yeah. to make it interesting. Like uh, the XFL did. They changed up the rules a little bit. So I don't know what the USFL, what rules they're changing. Well, the rumor is that they're, it's going to be essentially the NFL rules, but they're working with the NFL to implement any potential changes to rules they want to add. So like if the NFL is like, we're thinking about getting rid of this rule, 
then they'll test it in the USFL, essentially. Oh, okay. So that's not fun, is it? I don't want that. No. Here, let's test out this. Let's test out this rule where we don't uh, have field goal post. Uh, get the get the field goal post out of the game. Let's see what happens here. <laughs> Turns out people don't Something like field goal like posts. That. They're too tall. People don't like tall things. <laughs> just just a flat surface. They're yellow. I don't like. Yuck. Uh, let's talk a little bit about this draft, though. There are a few things of note that happened. Um, round. So one thing I did like about this was the setup. Every round, you picked a certain position player. So like the first round was quarterbacks and so okay. on, right? So that's kind of cool. I don't mind that. I like that, yeah. Um, but round 27 is when running backs were taken, and this is when the Tampa Bay Bandits drafted former Alabama running back B.J. Emmons uh, as the first Ooh, running nice. back on the board. Uh, yeah, so he was taken in round 27. So he played at Alabama in 2016, uh, 35 carries for 173 yards and a touchdown. And then he went on to play somewhere else, maybe UCF or something. I don't know. I didn't look into it. <laughs> but um, I believe by the end of that, uh, the draft, there was 35 or so players with Alabama roots, either Alabama or Auburn or another college or high school that were taken. Hmm. So that's, that's pretty good. That's a lot of, that's a lot of Alabama yeah. guys. Um, three, I mean, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I mean, they're getting some work. That's good. They're getting money. I guess, That's yeah. Nice. Uh, three former Auburn a dollar. players. Well, they make more than we do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I could say that. Because you yeah. work at a rock factory or something, and I, I just, I just sit here. Uh, I, just sit I don't know. Here and do <laughs> I don't know what they're making. I can't imagine it's a lot. But no, because I mean, look, minor league. Well, minor league baseball is probably one of the worst paid um I, they, they get paid nothing dirt um so yeah i don't know how much for like a minor league football what that's considered i don't know how much you get paid for that if you want to give that a google i can uh read on the next part of this draft news if you want to give us an update in a second okay uh so three former auburn players were selected on the second day of the usfl draft held on wednesday former quarterback john franklin the third was taken by the tampa bay bandits oh nice in the 17th round as a wide receiver, actually. And guard Marquel Harris was picked in the 22nd round by the Michigan Panthers. Tight end Sal Canella was drafted by the New Orleans Breakers with the second selection in the 34th round. So, good news all around. Yes. Do you have anything for us on right, price payment yet? Let's see. So, you know, back in 85, you know, the USL, USFL was around. They uh, offered Doug Flutie a $7.5 million contract. You're right. So yeah. uh, they won't they won't be doing that. Uh, the average salary would be about forty five thousand. Okay. Well, you know what? If you play probably what nine games a year, if I had to guess off the top of my head, it's pretty good. Because then you got the rest of your year to do whatever else you want to. So good on them. Practice squad. If you wanted to be on the practice squad with me, we'd earn fifteen thousand. Okay. I would. I wouldn't mind. That's fifteen thousand yeah. more than I have. I could use a. Well, it's not bad. I could use a new heater at my house because I don't have one. Me too. If you win a game, you get a bonus of $850 a player. Hey, you could buy like a new rock with that. Your, your rock's you could. pretty good. A really but, fancy rock. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, Todd Grantham is reportedly thinking about a return to the SEC in 2022. The former Florida defensive coordinator is considering joining Alabama staff under Nick Saban next season, according to a report by Football Scoop. Never heard of that. Wait, 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 wait. Why would he do that when he's the defensive coordinator of a National Football League team of the Tampa Bay? Why, why, why would you leave? Well, wait, no, I'm thinking... Sorry, I'm thinking of somebody else. Never mind. 
That is I'm a Todd, so sorry. Yeah, Grantham got fired from Florida in November when everyone from else Florida, got fired. From Florida, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. No, this is the guy you're talking about is the idiot. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's a bit, a bit harsh, but... Apologize. Uh, is it? Is it? <laughs> he has plenty of experience around college football, and he could be the next big name to resurrect his career under Saban with the Crimson Tide. We'll see if that happens. It's happened to worse coaches, so it could happen to him. Yeah, he did Great. something. It was terrible. Wait, he did something terrible? What did he do? Here, let me look it up. Todd Grantham? You talking about him? Y- yes. Like cancel culture stuff? No, like just back in the day. He's There's something about him I don't like. Okay, while you, while you research why you hate Todd Grantham, uh, I'm going to talk about Alabama softball, who participated in the Mardi Gras Mambo. Beating Louisiana Tech 2-0 and Northwestern nine, or 8-3, the team is off to a great 9-0 and start. We'll keep an eye on Alabama softball going forward. I think they got a few more games in that tournament going on. Justin, do you have an update on why you hate this man? Uh, not yet, but I'll okay. get to you. Well, keep digging. You're, you're bound to find some dirt. I'll keep spewing information. Okay. The Crimson Tide men's basketball program had a strong week, beating Vandy on the road 74-72 on Tuesday and South Carolina 90-71 at home on Saturday. Alabama did not trail Saturday after the game's first three minutes. Uh, Jaden Shackelford had 21 points. Kennerly scored 18 of his 20 points before halftime. And Alabama finished at 39% from the three. And this, of course, marks Alabama's fifth victory over its past six games. So... Good little solid run for a team that was very inconsistent. Now uh, finding their footing, it seems. Maybe it was something when he was at Louisville. Him and Petrino, I just didn't like him. <laughs> okay. so, so Todd Grantham, you just didn't like him because he was at Louisville. Is that right? There's just something about him. Maybe it's his face. <laughs> Great. I'll let him know. Maybe he can fix it. <laughs> I hope he can. <laughs> well, moving on from Grantham, if you don't mind, Justin, we can come back to him at any moment. If you just keep digging, we'll we'll find something. We'll find a reason no, we're gonna, to get this guy we're gonna fired. Find or get tired. Maybe he maybe he eats his Snickers with a fork or something. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past him. Uh, Auburn's week did not go as well. Uh, the Tigers beat Ole Miss seventy-seven to sixty-four on Wednesday, but came up short at Tennessee on Saturday, losing sixty-seven to sixty-two. This is Auburn's third straight road loss, though the SEC title is still very much in view. Uh, Justin, what was kind of your analysis on this game? Uh, obviously, their loss can mostly be chalked up to a poor second-half performance. There was a string of eleven straight misses that didn't help, but. What's, what's your view on this game, on this Auburn team right now? Mm. Um, well, I will say before I get into any, you know, worries or criticism or anything that I have, the top six teams in the country yesterday all lost on the road. Gonzaga lost, Arizona lost, Auburn lost, um, who else? Uh, Purdue lost, Kentucky lost, and then um, there's somebody else that lost too. That was number six. I think Kansas. Yeah, Kansas lost. Um, so it, it's tough. It, I mean, playing a team like Tennessee that hadn't lost a game all year at home, you know, it, it's really tough. It, um, and we've seen that the past three games playing on the road, you know, losing to Arkansas, which has been, Arkansas has been playing great as well. Um, and then losing to Florida and then now Tennessee. Um, so I'll say that, you know, 
it happens everywhere. You're going to have it's it's hard playing on the road. It's not like they're getting blown out on the road or anything. You know, they're losing close games. Um, but I will say, yeah, you know, we're up 31-25 going in the half, and then second half offense just went stale. Couldn't get anything to to drop. Couldn't make any shots. Um, you know, guard play hadn't been great. I'd say um, Katie Johnson played good. He had 18 points. He shot seven of 13. And uh, one of three from a three-pointer. But, uh, like, Wendell Green, he was two of 15 yeah, that's for not five great, points. One, one of seven from the three-point line. So what I'm trying to figure out, and he throws up crazy shots, like almost from the logo a lot of times. And it doesn't help anything, especially when you're not making it. Now, if you're making it, sure, go ahead and throw it up. If you're, you know, you're feeling hot and you want to throw it up, that's fine. But he, he's not even making it, and he's still throwing up these shots. Um, and he was turn turnovers killed us too. You know, we didn't really have many turnovers the first half, but second half, we had more than what we should have. I think in total, yeah, we had twelve total game, which was not terrible. But what doesn't help is we were out rebounded by twenty three. Tennessee had fifty four rebounds, we had thirty one. That's not going to win you the game. They had ten more offensive rebounds than we did. Um, so you know, I don't know. I'm getting a little worried now that it's kind of reminding me of the um. 2017-2018 um, Auburn team where we kind of got off to a hot start. We won the regular season in the SEC. Um, but towards the end of the season, you know, we struggled. We lost like three of our last five. You know, I'm getting worried that, I don't know, it's, they play great at home. It's two completely different teams right now. You know, one at home and one on the road. And, you know, we had a great start on the road and then we've lost three in a row now. So, you know, I don't know. Um, I have mixed feelings at the moment with, you know, how this team's looked on the it's we didn't really we haven't really got much offense offense pr- uh, production outside of Jabari Smith who's been fantastic. And honestly, he, he needs to be getting the ball even more. Yeah, 27 so. points. Uh and he cut the lead to 3 with just under a minute left. Yeah, he's the reason they stayed in this game. Uh Yeah, and I will say too, you know, we talked about we've talked about how deep this team is they had five bench points yesterday now I think a lot of the bench players aren't getting as much minutes as they should like Jalen Williams who I think should be getting more playing time he played five minutes yesterday now I know he had some foul trouble but he should have played more than five minutes um Cambridge he only minutes he should be playing more because a guy that's getting way more minutes than he should Alan Flanagan uh he has done nothing this year and he was you know I think they put him all SEC first team to start the year. He hadn't done anything. He had four points. Um, and then uh, Zepp Jasper should be playing a lot more than what he is. Um, Wendell Green's, you know, had 11 more minutes than him, and he's throwing up crazy shots, not doing turning the ball over. So I, I don't know. It's kind of confused with some of the lineups we're getting from Pearl. And then, like I said, the guard play hasn't been good. So, you know, I don't know. Um like like we talked about the other day, maybe we peaked too early. That you know it happened before 2017-2018 uh, season. Um, but they're gonna have to figure it out. They're gonna have to figure out the offense and the guard play. Because if we don't have good guard play, you're not gonna go deep in the NCA. And then we're shooting 30% from three. <laughs> you ain't gonna get nowhere when you're on neutral court, and you can only shoot 30% from three. So, you know, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting to see how they finish out the season, and especially how they do in the SEC tournament. 
Looking ahead, on March 2nd, Auburn will travel to Mississippi State. On March 5th, they will host South Carolina. And I tell you what, I'm worried about the Mississippi State game on the road. Yeah, that could be interesting. They definitely could. Yep. Uh, Alabama is going to host Texas A&M on March 2nd and travel to LSU on March 5th. All right, Justin, enough sports talk for a moment. I've, I've had, I'm chuck full of it. I've had enough. Let's, let's talk about some weird news in our, our fan favorite segment, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Mismanagers. Uh, I don't know if I'd say fan favorite. And now it is time for Mismanagers. The headline of this article by Mashable is, Oh no, construction workers find a bunch of teeth inside a wall. Oh my gosh, that's horrifying. Wait, what? Student says she gave cookies containing grandfather's ashes to classmates. Why would you ever tell someone that? Angry Seal helps Australian police bust drug smuggling ring. (laughs) (laughs) Justin, do you believe in Bigfoot? Um... You know, last time I checked, no, I don't. But uh, what you got for me? What about what about Nessie? You believe in Loch, Loch Ness is, monster? What about the Sipsy oh, creature? Oh, Nessie! I was like, yeah. what the heck is Nessie? <laughs> the Sipsy creature? Yeah, that's probably a real thing. Okay. <laughs> you know, some people call me the Sipsy creature. <laughs> uh, yeah, not, you are kind of ugly. Yeah, it's never a compliment, is it? <laughs> no. Well, if you believe in any or all those things, this week might have been a good time to look because this past week we saw multiple instances in which motorists encountered something truly out of the ordinary, beginning with an incident in England where a driver spotted a six-foot-tall bipedal goat man dash across the road in front of their car. Goat man. <laughs> yeah, the, go- the giant, you know, the six-foot goat man. Everyone knows about him. Uh, he probably Sure, I've never heard of him. <laughs> What exactly it was is anyone's guess. Uh, but then in Denmark, the same week, a man could not believe his eyes when he went out for a morning drive and saw a loose kangaroo hopping through a field in Denmark. In Denmark? Someone must be keeping a kangaroo on the side. Secret. <laughs> this one they were able to film, and uh, I think they were able to catch. Uh, but then in Australia, someone captured footage of a bizarre creature thought to be by some to be the extinct thylacine scrambling down a city sidewalk the the what thylacine some kind of dinosaur it's more like a dog than a dinosaur i'd say it's like a tiger dog and a goat a goat man a goat man oh i was yeah the I thylacine mean, is the tasmanian tiger so there's yeah they've been dead for 100 years or so something long like that yeah oh Maybe yeah longer. so that's interesting i have no idea how about this story with the goat man goat man the goat man's real everybody Maybe knows it, that Maybe it was Tom Brady. <laughs> Boo. Get off the stage. Stick to your day job. <laughs> uh, uh, in other news, riders in the Bianchi Rock Cobbler, a California bike race known to be, quote, stupidly hard, expected the usual sore muscles after the 80-mile off-roader on February 12th. Jeez. They did not expect, however, neck and back injuries suffered after being attacked by a bull during the race. Oh my gosh. Um, Tony Enderbitson told KMPH-TV that he did see the animal, but he usually bikes right by cows with no problem. He says, as I got 10 to 15 yards from him, he turned squared up, and I had maybe a second to brace myself or do anything. 
It's a case of a mistaken identity from a bull to, from a cow to a bull. Uh, the bull, after dislodging him from his bike, flipped Enderbitson up in the air. Two other riders were also attacked, were able to finish the race and celebrate with beers. You can watch the video of this too on YouTube. <laughs> it's brutal. Oh my god! He's just riding a bike and I a, bet. A, yeah, a bull comes out of nowhere and just launches him. <laughs> it's, it's rough. Jeez. How about, how about uh, I've got a few here. How about this one? When police officers in Orem, Utah, pulled over Victor Chavez, uh, Zuniga, 27, for a broken headlight on February 9th, they discovered that he had several outstanding warrants, the smoking gun reported. As a result, they searched him and found something extra in his wallet. Want to have any guess what they found in this man's wallet? I'll give you a hint. It's a piece of a human body. I was actually about to say a finger. A finger. They found a finger wrapped in cloth. Nice. <laughs> which had, quote, appeared to be... Uh, but appeared to be puss and blood on it and was, quote, beginning Ugh. to turn green and the fingernail appeared mm. to be decayed. Uh, it's very gross. But Officer Bryce Mondragon also noticed a, quote, foul smell. Unfortunately, the mystery lives on. The court filing does not say who the finger belonged to or why Chavez Zuniga had it, but he was held on a charge of desecration of a dead human body, among other charges. In your wallet? <laughs> why in your wallet? So how about this one, Justin? New York, new no, new no, New York doctors. Oh my gosh! <laughs> t- t- today, Junior. New York doctors remove tooth growing inside a man's nose. This is, of course, marks oh the not often a reoccurring segment, but sometimes occurring segment tooth talk that we have on the show, where something disgusting happens to someone's teeth in the news. How in the world does a tooth grow in your nose? Well, doctors at a New York hospital said a man who came in complaining of difficulty breathing through his right nostril was found to have a tooth growing in his nasal cavity. Oh my gosh. Now, keep in mind, this is not a tooth that's like growing up into the nose. This is like a tooth growing in the person's nose. I'm looking at the x-ray. It doesn't look connected to anything else. It's just a tooth there. So, but what's the reason? Why in the world is there a tooth growing inside your nasal cavity? Well, it's called the ectopic tooth, Justin, a term for a tooth growing in an abnormal place. Um, and this one was measured to be about 0.6 inches long. So not oh a full gosh. inch, but long enough. Uh, yeah. The surgeon said they removed the tooth without complications, and the man reporting reported during a follow-up three, uh, visit three months after the procedure and was able to breathe normally. So that, that's like one of those things where you're like, Why? Why is this even a possibility? Why in the world can this happen? <laughs> I don't know. I don't want it to happen to me. We have so much tooth talk, though, that something's going to happen to our teeth. We're going to lose them or something. I don't know what's going to happen uh, here. Please, n- knock on wood somewhere. I mean, please, no. Uh, this one comes from the Miami Herald. Authorities seized nearly $3 million worth of meth in an onion shipment. Hmm. All right, what? I guess it masked the s- smell. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it would, but maybe not good enough because yeah. the canine unit caught them. Um, mm. 1,200 small packages of meth stuffed in onions. That has to... Okay. But that gives it a weird smell. I imagine meth probably already has a very distinct think. smell, but I bet un- yeah. adding onions to that is probably worse, wouldn't you say? Ugh. What a what a terrible job they have to do. You have to stick all that in onions, and then you don't <laughs> even get away with it. Jeez. <laughs> How much did you say it was? Uh, it was worth... Three million dollars. Holy cow! That's a lot of meth, I imagine. A, that is a lot. Jeez. Yeah. More than one thousand three hundred and thirty-six pounds of meth. Golly! <laughs> that's 
There's some heavy onions. <laughs> Seriously. You go to the store and you buy one of your onions and one that got lost. Like, wow. So, this is a pretty hefty onion right here. You could use this as a kettlebell. Ima- Im- <laughs> Imagine cutting into an onion, like if that happened, and you're like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> I don't think they were delivering them to grocery stores. But <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying if one got lost and somehow yeah. ended up in a grocery store. You just bit into it. Do people bite into onions? Surely not. I really hope not. One time uh, we were making caramel apples and I took an onion, covered it in caramel and gave it to my cousin. And she bit into it. And then she threw <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, yeah, chocolate and onion. I would say that's probably not a great combination. Yeah. What a terrible human being you are. I'm not the best. I'm not the best, am I? No. Uh, well, Justin, we are up against a break, but when we return, we'll talk about the ongoing MLB lockout and how it may impact the rest of the season, so stay tuned. You're listening to The Game Managers on WJLX 101.5. Welcome back, everyone. I am Nick Norris, and welcome back, Justin Knight, my co-host with the co-most, would you say? I hope you never say that again. <laughs> Justin, the MLB lockout never. continues. Justin, the MLB lockout continues. Don't interrupt me again, please. I will <laughs> I will fire you. I think I have that authority. Please, please do. <laughs> the MLB lockout continues as players and owners have yet to come to an agreement on several issues, including an agreeable draft lottery, uh, arbitration eligibility for seasoned players, and revenue sharing amongst other items in a proposed package. So neither side has yet been able to come to an agreement. It is becoming more and more likely that the 162-game season will be impacted in some form. The deadline to reach this deal set by the MLB is Monday, as in February 28th. So we are down to the last Hmm. hours of this deadline, and reports are that neither side is anywhere near an agreement. Um, And of course, these are millionaires fighting with billionaires. Um, Hmm. That doesn't work in their favor. Does it? Well, I'd also like to say greedy, greedy, greedy. Both sides are very yeah, everyone. <laughs> and I mean, it's it's so funny to watch these people with so much money fight over I want more money. And you know, I hope some of these players and owners lose some salary and lose a lot of money because of this, because they're just they're ignorant and greedy. And um, once again, it's base baseball has never really cared about the fans, and it's shown these past you know. I mean, baseball's been on a steady decline for a while now. And um, if they don't reach a deal on Monday, <laughs> you, you almost start to wonder how much can you really come back from if you're canceling games because you can't get your hard heads to an agreement um, because you're fighting over more money. So yeah. um, I don't know what's going to happen with baseball. It sucks. You know, baseball's probably my favorite sport, and I've really enjoyed, you know, I'm a Kansas City Royals fan. Um you know, hadn't had much success since, you know, 14-15 season, but um, it's always a joy watching them, and um, so this sucks, you know. Um, I don't really know if, you know, games are going to get canceled. I don't think they're going to be able to recover from it. Well, let's talk about that, because the planned opening date is March 31st, but if an agreement is not made, it is reported that that will not be the opening day, and any games missed... Um, because of this agreement, or lack of, I should say, will not be made up. So there is well, a possibility. See, the funny thing is, the funny thing is too, they're not even in agreement of uh, the making up the games. Yeah, the 
MLB owners were like, uh, yeah, we're not going to make up the games. And then the Players Association was like, oh, we can do double headers to make up the games. And they're like, no, we're not doing double headers. So <laughs> they couldn't even agree on trying to make up the games either. So, And I don't understand why you wouldn't be in favor of double headers. I, th- I think that's fine. You know, you play two seven-inning games because that's what they've been doing for double header games. Um, but it's just frustrating. I just, you know, it sucks because, like I said, baseball's already growing least popular. Uh, after each season, so I don't know. Like I said, it's going to be even more worse after this. Yeah, baseball baseball has been bleeding public interest for decades now. I mean, it, it's not. Yeah. It's obviously not the flagship sport of America like well, it used and to you, be. You, you, you know, it doesn't help either. Is you know, you have some star players in the league, but when you think about it, you don't think like a face. I mean, you think Mike Trout face of baseball, but. You don't see any exposure out there like for basketball, LeBron James, who has you know 40 million followers on Instagram, or probably more than that. Um, and then you think of football, where you have all these star guys that are out in public. Baseball, you know, everybody usually kind of keeps themselves. You don't have those guys that are, you know, out doing a lot of things. And um, I mean, that's probably hurt too. Baseball used to, it was America's pastime, America's sport. Um, but yeah, now it's just it's on the decline. Has been for a while. Yeah, and if we miss a chunk of the season or, you know, worst case scenario, a full season, that's going to I think that's really going to hurt the already dwindling Ooh, public interest. If, you, if if they somehow missed a full season because of this, you might as well just get rid of Major League Baseball altogether. <laughs> and I don't no think that's gonna happen. From that. They'll they'll figure no, something like, out. Um, but I think it I think there's a very real chance that we could have a shortened season or some sort of oh, impacted we season. Yeah. I do yeah. think that this could be very beneficial for minor league baseball, though, because baseball fans are going to want to get their fix somewhere, and most Americans probably live Maybe. relatively close to a minor league team somewhere. We're th- I'm 30 minutes from one. You're, what, 30, 40 minutes from one? Um, yeah. So, if, if, you know, it's a drive, but everybody can – most people, I feel, are close enough that if they wanted to, they could make it to one, even if it's a day's trip or whatever. So maybe that, you know, yeah. I don't think major league is supposed to the minor I mean the minor leagues, excuse me, are supposed to be impacted by this at all. Um, um last I checked. I don't know. I Yeah, I'm not sure about that either. I know they're discussing minor league pay cuz I know the player association they want more pay for minor leaguers, but yeah, I don't know about if play is halted at all or not for minor leagues. I'm not sure. From what I understand it's not. There are some things where certain players who maybe were on the transition to major league may have some issues. Um, yeah, but minor league itself, I believe they will continue playing last I checked. I need to look into that some more, okay. but, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously I'm in no position to tell players or owners what they should do. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I don't even know what a lot of this stuff is about. They are arguing about so many things in this package. And like I said, they're not close to agreeing on anything, any part of it. And there are a lot of moving parts in that package. So yeah, they're not going to get it done tomorrow, most likely, unless one of them just caves, which probably won't happen. And No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we might be going a full week, maybe a full month or longer, without knowing what's going to happen with this. I do think after Monday, things are going to start moving a little faster, because now it's hurting people's salaries, but I don't know how hmm. fast it's going to be. Yeah, I, I don't... It sucks. Um, you know, I was... I've been looking forward to watching some baseball, but yeah, maybe they'll get something done on Monday. And we won't miss any, but yeah. more than likely that's not happening because there's, like you said, they're so far apart. They haven't been close on anything. 
everyone kind of focuses on, well, this is going to hurt the players or this is going to hurt the owners. I don't really care about that. Like like you said, these guys make plenty of money. They are well off. Yeah, they're okay. Uh, what I hate is like the, the, the guys who work at the stadiums, the guys who mm. work in the broadcast yeah. of these games, the... You know, the, the many men and women that MLB employs to, you know, uh, sell popcorn or uh, do behind the scenes, whatever, that they're going to be losing money because they're not going to be able to work. So that's what sucks to me is you can't get this deal done. And a lot of people who need this money aren't going to be able to get their usual work. Yeah, that's true. Didn't even think about that either. But yeah, you know, spring training too. They have plenty of people working in those stadiums as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to hurt a lot of people too. So, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. And it's, all around, the situation just sucks. Yeah, it does. And like we said, I think this is going to have some real impacts on baseball if they do not get something going. I don't think, you know, missing spring training sucks, what have you, that initial date. But if we're getting into, like, the summer and there's no baseball going on, I think baseball is going to, uh, to really hurt in the short term. It is. Yeah, maybe even the long term. Who knows? Um, yeah, but of course we are going to keep an eye on that moving forward. Um, we will have some significant updates, I think next episode, I imagine because the coming week will be very telling for negotiations. So we're going to keep an eye on this. Um, we probably won't have as long a chunk on it until it's resolved after this, because there's only so much to say until a deal is made. But, um, yeah, we're definitely going to check in on this probably every week to some extent. And hopefully next week it's just resolved, (laughs) but I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah. yeah, don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Uh, well, Justin, I've had my fill of reeling off information. How about I take a moment and use those two perfect little ears God gave me? Wouldn't you say they're perfect and learn a thing or two from your recurring segment, The Learning Quarter with Professor Knight? All right, students, gather round and put on your listening ears. It's time to visit The Learning Corner with Professor Knight. <laughs> What are we learning today, Professor? All right, welcome back to the best segment on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so today, we're just going to do a little this day in history. Um, and something that's going on, you know, right now, it's a pretty big deal, is uh, Mardi Gras. So on this day, February 27th, 1827, you had a group of masked and costumed students who were dancing through the streets of New Orleans that marked the beginning of the city's famous Mardi Gras celebrations. So, I don't know how much, Nick, you know about Mardi Gras, or, you know, if you've studied any of it or not, have you? Um, I know that some people wear beads, some people wear funny little masks, and everyone seems to mm, do a little I wonder, I wonder how you get those beads. I think hmm. that you go to a convenience store and you purchase them with, with <laughs> United States currency, if I had to guess. The you probably way. do. Yeah. 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 So this is the celebration of uh, Carnival. Uh, or the weeks uh, between Twelfth Night on January 6th and Ash Wednesday, uh, the beginning of the Christian period of Lent that spread uh, from Rome across Europe and later to the Americas. Uh, now, you know, it's, of course, celebrating New Orleans. Now, it's also, you know, Mobile, Alabama likes to say they were the first to kind of start the celebration, so it's also celebrated there as well. Um, and you have part, uh, parties like Fat Tuesday, which I think is this coming Tuesday, if I'm correct, right? Uh, probably. Fat Tuesday. <laughs> That's what I think, yeah. It's, it's so, certainly a you know, Tuesday kind of, in this year or already has been a Tuesday in this year. I think we can all agree. Yes, we <laughs> we do know it happened on a Tuesday. We're just not sure which Tuesday it happened. Um, 
you know, a little background. You had uh, early French settlers. They brought their tradition of Mardi Gras to the U.S. Gulf Coast in the 17th century. Ah, here we go. Mobile, Alabama celebrated its first carnival in 1703. I did not know. It was, wow, 1703. Did not realize that. Uh, but Spanish governors, they banned the celebrations. Um, but after Louisiana Territory became part of the U.S. in 1803, uh, New Orleans, they managed to convince the city council to lift the ban on wearing masks and partying in the streets. And so it began back in 1827. Uh, of course, the parties have grown more and more popular since then. Um, 1833, there's a rich plantation owner named Bernard Xavier de Margini de Mandeville. Wow, what a name. It's a good name. Um, he, it is Almost a good as name. good as my uh, name. He raised money. Uh, well, yeah, Nick Norris. Okay. Um, he raised money to fund an official Mardi Gras celebration. And then, uh, oh, so after Rowdy, uh, it get, began to get a little rowdy and violent during the 1850s. A secret society called the Mystic Crew of Comus staged the first large-scale, well-organized Mardi Gras parade in 1857. How cool would that be? You're part of a secret society and you just do parties. You that would Mardi be great. Gras party. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I guess that's why you have um, the little masks. Your secret. Your that's secret true. Yeah, because you're part of a secret society. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Um, so yeah, as you know, hundreds of these crews formed. You know, they built elaborate and colorful floats. Held over the two weeks leading up to Fat Tuesday. Uh, riders on the floats, they're usually local citizens. They throw stuff at you, medals, coins, beads, you know, things like that. Um, so none of the uh, major parades have been allowed to enter the area since 1979. This is the uh, French Quarter, the historic French Quarter. Um, that's where they think. So many tourists mistakenly believe Bourbon Street in the historic French Quarter, the heart of Mardi Gras. But yes, yeah, since 1979... Uh, they've not been allowed to enter there because of the narrow streets. I don't know if you knew that. I did not know that. I don't know anything, Justin, but thank you for teaching me well, that's that. That's true. That's why I'm yeah, telling you about this. Now, of course, you know, in 2006, you had Hurricane Katrina, so they you know, didn't do their celebrations that year. Um, so I think attendance yeah, had devastated much of the city's massive flooding from Hurricane Katrina. Um so actually, attendance was only sixty-seven percent of the three hundred to four hundred thousand visitors. So they did have it. It was just down so much because of the hurricane that had come in. Um, but yeah, that's a little back Mardi Gras. So if any of y'all have ever been, you can send us an email of what your experience was. Um, it just seems nuts to me. I don't know if I'd ever want to go. It just seems crazy and dirty yeah. and nasty. It seems like a lot. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can. Maybe we can have an, a listener. A, a listener field trip and we can all take all the listeners and us can go to Mardi <laughs> yeah we Gras. just set up yeah set up a podcast area and just start and just break down every float <laughs> great well thank you justin that was very good oh you're welcome and if you can believe it you big stinking idiot it's time for another break so we'll be oh right, thank goodness we'll be right back to close <laughs> out the show by giving out our weekly awards the tg emmys we'll be right back Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Game Manager's most prestigious segment, the TG Emmys, where we hand-deliver a golden TG Emmy to every winner of the week. I'm Nick Norris, and with me is Justin Knight. Welcome, friends and family, to the most amazing award ceremony 
I'm Justin Knight, and here's my co-host, Nick Norris. <laughs> you turned it around on me. Turned I turned it around. it around. Now you can fire me, I think. Now you, now you do That's true, fire. yeah, I'm in control now. I do what I want. Well, do I have to live in a rock? You live in a rock, or under a Actually, rock, or you, with a you rock. don't even get a rock. No. No, you don't even get a rock. I don't want a rock. Uh, great. Anyway. Justin, do you mind if I start us off with a never-before-given award? the most dedicated oh. listener of the Game Managers podcast. Oh, yeah. Please. <laughs> so after looking through some of our weekly stats online, I noticed that one person whose location appears to be in France, I don't know if they're actually located in France or if they're using a VPN set in France, but they have listened to all 80 episodes of the Game Managers as well as all 25 episodes of our other podcast, Ranked the Most Iconic Years in Sports. It's linked in the description if you're listening on a podcast feed. Uh, and they've done all that in the last seven days. That equals nearly 100 hours of us babbling on and, and on about 2019 college football news or whatever. <laughs> this poor soul has subjected himself or herself to, because it's, it's 2022. Women can listen to podcasts now, Justin. I don't know if you know that. Uh, whoever the <laughs> so that's, that's a lot of time. <laughs> that's a lot of time. So, uh, with that being said, I want to award this person in France, whoever they are, the award for most dedicated listener, and hope they are doing all right because I imagine they must be having a mental breakdown as we speak. So, I would think they probably sound like us now after listening to so much <laughs> of our voices. But also, I'm kind of scared that they're doing this to just kind of break us down and try to learn everything they can about us and somehow track us down. I'm a See, little worried and nervous. I was on the opposite side of this. I thought there was someone stuck in a bunker at France, like a like a spy that's been captured, that they're torturing them by making them listen to us on repeat. <laughs> yeah, and this is the torture. You gotta listen. <laughs> you gotta listen to these goofballs. Talk about sports, sports. weird news. Talk about sports in America <laughs> while you're in France. Well, listen. If this is you, if you are the psycho, the lunatic, the madman, or woman, like we said, it is 2022. Uh, it's true. Times are changing. Please email us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com and let us know because I am genuinely intrigued. I want to know what is what is happening in your mind. What Do you need help? <laughs> what is happening? So let us know if this is you. Uh, maybe we'll send you a t-shirt or something. I don't know. You think, I, I probably yeah, got it. I mean, I pity, anybody, I pity anybody that listens to one of these episodes, let alone 100 hours of it. It's <laughs> a lot you know, of time. God bless them. Justin, do you have an award for us? Um, I do. This is uh, going a little basketball award for um, this one of our Auburn players. Uh, this is the Oh No, He Has the Ball Award. Um, <laughs> Alan Flanagan, congratulations. Uh, anytime he gets the ball, it's like hold your breath, cover your eyes. It's about to get ugly. He's either going to turn it over, throw a wild pass, lose control, his ball handling, not very good. So, Alan Flanagan, you get the Oh No, He Has the Ball award. So, congratulations. That's good. I like that award a lot. Uh, how about how about the award for High School Athlete of the Week? And this goes to Jasper oh, High's yeah. Luke Clark, who threw a no-hitter in a baseball game to beat Dora 12-0 oh. on Saturday. So, good on Nice. Luke. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Not easy to do, That's is awesome. it? I've only yeah. threw 12 or 18 no-hitters in my lifetime. How about you, Justin? Um, Maybe one. Okay. I've threw none. I've threw none. I don't know that I've ever thrown a baseball. I might not even move my arm oh. in the last six weeks. It's probably just been lank here at this computer. That's probably typing. an ugly sight. Yeah. 
Uh, how about the best of the week award? This is what, like the award says, it's what we saw that we thought was the best of the week. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name. I'm sorry. I tried to look up how to pronounce it. I didn't get many a- a- examples. But Ukraine's uh, Vitaly Klitschko, he's mayor of Kiev mm. and former boxing champion who is a millionaire, but instead of uh, leaving the country, he chose to stay and fight off the Russian invasion rather than evacuate. So that's really cool. I know our... Um, yeah. Y- yeah, I mean, just to be that brave and to think, you know, I, I have this amazing life I've built, but I'm going to I'm gonna put that to the side a minute and see if I can help. That's, uh, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, I, wonder, I wonder how many athletes here would do that. What do you think? I don't know. There would be some. Uh, there would but... be some. Yeah, it, yeah, I'm not gonna make guesses because that's that'd probably be very disrespectful. <laughs> but um, yeah, there'd be some. There would. Uh, and and to be fair, not every Ukrainian athlete is out there fighting either. But uh, no. there are a few. I think him. I think there's a tennis player who says he's about to join. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I that's think there's cool. soccer player too that's stuck over there. Um, but yeah, I, I tell you what, Ukrainians. Uh, they show a lot of heart and fight. Um, they're gonna fight until they can't anymore. So, very uh, they have a lot of pride in their country. Yeah. And now I know our audience isn't huge. We don't have a very huge listener base. But uh, for those listening on a podcast platform, I'm going to put a link in the description uh, where anyone can donate to Project Hope, which is sending medical supplies for refugees of Ukraine. Like I said, we don't have a huge audience, but if like just one person donates, I think that's worth me taking the half second to to paste that in the description. So it's true. Uh, yeah. On a lighter note, we will give our final award, which is bust of the week, the opposite of mm. best in this, a week, this, uh, this week, the award goes to Michigan basketball coach, Jawan Howard, who may very mm. well be getting fired for punching Wisconsin coach, Greg hard in the face. <laughs> well, I think he got, he, he only got suspended, so they didn't fire okay. him. They suspended well, him good, the rest of the season. Yeah. Which is what? Five games or less. Yeah, I think it was like five or six games. So, but um, yeah, he got lucky. Uh, I'll say that. Um, being a head coach, and uh, you, you know, you hold yourself to um, a lot of higher values, and then you go and you uh, throw a punch at somebody. It's never a good sign. And then, which that led to more brawls happening between the players. Right. So, you know. For uh, anyone who's not aware of what happened, uh, Michigan coach Jawan Howard, he punched Wisconsin coach Greg Hard after the game because Wisconsin took some late timeouts uh, during a game between the two on Sunday that Michigan apparently was not a fan of. Howard took it as, a, I guess, a slap in the face and decided to return the favor with a punch. So, <laughs> What's funny, though, too, is you know the head coach of Wisconsin, when, when they were doing the handshakes, he, he said, hey, look, I, I meant nothing by it, and Howard didn't want anything of it. They kind of separate it, and then Howard decides to hit the assistant coach. He, he didn't even hit the head coach that he was upset with. He hit just some random assistant coach that's trying to break up the fight. <laughs> so it's like, what are you doing? If you're going to hit the dude, hit the right guy. Yeah, and also I didn't take it because I went back and watched it, and I watched the last few minutes of that game. I didn't take it as like a slap in the face. I just thought, oh, he's trying to get some of these younger guys some work. Like that's all I yeah. thought. I, yeah, it. I think Michigan. It's um, Howard's just. A lot of frustrations boiling over from the season. They have not been good at all. Um, and I think he's just kind of upset and you know, a lot of the games they've lost. So <laughs> I think he's just starting to boil over. Well, I looked it up. He makes $2.2 $2 All you have to do is is not hit someone and you get that money. So 
Seriously, gets, yeah. All you have to do is just go shake their hand. Yeah, it's that easy. Or don't. You don't even have to shake hands anymore. Just walk That's away. True. You yeah. don't. A lot of coaches, they just do the little point and say, hey, good game. See you later. Yep, that and easy. And walk off. Yeah. Mm. Who? Well, we have a listener email, as we typically do. Um, nice. If you want to reach the show, you can do so at GameManagersPod at gmail.com. You can also message us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at TGMPod. Uh, this email comes from Dan, who has messaged the show numerous times. Always good to hear from you, Dan. He asks, uh, will you guys be covering SEC baseball this year? I know it doesn't have the same amount of fans that football does. I think I'm going to say does, but I'd like to hear it. Thanks, Dan. Uh, yeah, I, we will. I'd love to. Yeah, yeah we definitely um, will. Um, we'll probably cover it to the extent we cover basketball. So we'll donate. I mean, we'll dedicate five to ten minutes a week on it. Yeah, um, like... Um, I'll give you a little update for Auburn baseball. They uh, won two games out of three against Yale. They had a doubleheader yesterday. Um, they won one on a walk-off, and then they lost one in extra innings. So um, they should have swept them. It was an okay weekend. Um, pitching wasn't great the last game, but overall pitching's been pretty good. And then I think Alabama has lost the first two against Texas this week, but Texas is the number one team in the country. So um, it's no surprise there. Uh, but I think they have a game this afternoon. Very nice. Very nice. Well. But, yeah, that, that's a great question. I, I would love to cover some SEC baseball, yeah. I think we will. Yeah, I, I definitely think we will. Um, well, Justin, this brings us to the end of the show. But if you want to be like Dan, remember, you can email us at gamemanagerspod at gmail.com. Always be like Dan. He's lovely. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please follow us there at TGMPod. You can follow me on Twitter at Norris Osaurus. Don't ask me how to spell it. It's a lot. Just type in Nick Norris. You might find it. What, uh, a, what a dumb name. <laughs> should I change it? Should I change that name? It's hard for people to find. I, I think you should just it. delete it. Yeah, I probably should. I don't post it on there, do I? I'll like something once every like six weeks. That's about it. I think so. I, de- I deleted my Twitter like three or four years ago. Huh. I've never gone to... back. Yeah, that's fair enough. It's not a great place to, to hang out. Anyway, thank no. you all for listening. And uh, we will see you next week. Yeah, y'all have a great week. War Eagle anyways. Blue 42! Blue 42! Hut! Hut! Hike! Thank you for listening to The Game Managers. Like the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TGM Pod. Until next week, goodbye, adios, and sayonara. Sayonara.